0: This is Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. You're with me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz and. Check him out, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And he is not alone, by the way, in his assessment that he loves Trish all over again. Tremendous heel promo from from Trish Stratus this past week on Monday Night Raw. He is Jonathan Hood. So let's go ahead and start with WWE with that draft upcoming. We now know dates, everything that's going to be happening. But what's something you guys want to see within this draft? What is the move that you would make with the draft upcoming?
1: Hmm. Well, since we see the same wrestlers all the time cross-pollinating between Raw and SmackDown, I'd imagine, obviously, the number one thing is you want to see Roman more often, but that's never going to happen. So, you know, what's funny about the WWE, though, Gabe, is that we see everybody all the time on both shows. So who am I missing? Outside of just trying to figure out, bro, it's who's going to get pushed, who's going to be able to have more television time, we see the same people all the time. That's why this draft is a waste of time, ultimately, especially because you know they're not going to hold true to it.
2: Well, that's the thing. You mentioned Roman. Like That's the key part. If it's going to be Roman as the double champion and he's going to be hit or miss, whoever they push on those shows, what does it matter? So say it's the same situation. Roman is tied to Raw. Gunther is on SmackDown as the IC champion. They make the IC title sort of the main title of SmackDown. Do we care in that situation? Because to me, the one thing I want to see is the title split or just somehow make a new title, unify Roman's title and give each show their own world champion that ultimately we can see guys push for.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're alone in that. I think that the networks, you know, whether you're raw, whether you're SmackDown, you know, whether it's Fox or, or NBC universal, they want to see that as well. I think that's something that triple H is still trying to unravel and, Because it's really hard to keep the bloodline going and mean as much as it does. Even if you give Roman that first loss, even if Roman has, because if he drops one, he might as well drop two, because it just kind of feels like all the momentum is going to be taken out of the bloodline. So as long as Roman is still going to be champ and, you know, you can figure that out in terms of whoever beats Roman first, that's where they're at in terms of splitting the titles. The one thing I would like to see is them keep together as many as these factions as possible. Now think about this. Under under like under Vince, factions very few and far between. Like, yes, we had the Shield, and the New Day stayed together longer than most because they pushed for it, even though Vince has tried to break them up so many times and did kind of split off Big E once he was World Heavyweight Champion, broke them off from Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. And and they they still had nice the New Day by, But
2: Like making money off yes. their merch played a big part of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. But we just had a closing angle on Raw where three factions were involved. You had the LWO, you had the Judgment Day, and you had the Bloodline. And oh, by the way, one of the biggest stories over on SmackDown, as you just referenced, Brian, comes down to the Imperium. And they're three guys that they have, that's the IC champ. Like, we've got some really good factions with some really good stories being told. And I don't want those factions to be broken up all willy-nilly the way they have been seemingly in the past when they've done these pointless drafts.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. And you think about it. Think about all the factions that you just mentioned. Could you imagine someone from those factions leaving? Is a Judgment Day, and again, we laughed at it at the beginning, especially when Edge was in, in charge of it. Could you imagine them breaking up now? It's like, yeah, you know what, Priest is, I'm going to do my own thing now. Okay, so that wouldn't be the same act. Right. Okay, it's nope. the same thing with the bloodline. Whatever you think of the bloodline, they're still intact, and they're still together. Solo Sokoa, I think at some point is going to be a solo star, and again, the reason why you have factions in these groups is because someone is supposed to spin off and be a star, a la Rock, leaving the Nation of Domination, and so and so forth and so on. Same thing with the, um, with uh, DX or the NWO. Someone has to spin off and be a star, or several stars out of the same faction. And the other ones, well, someone's got to be Marty Jannetty. So I, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, when you look at this roster, and it's right in front of me, guys, I mean... The only thing they were waiting for is Montez Ford, and that's a tag team, that's not a faction, to become a single star. And you think that at the beginning of, at the end of WrestleMania, this could have been the beginning of it, but there's no turn. They're still right. together. They're clearly still marketable. So that's one of the few things I want to see. It's funny that we look at both companies, AEW and WWE, bros, and it's like everyone's got a, in a faction now. And Gabe went through it last week. There's only a few guys, few wrestlers that, are like, by themselves as a solo act. What's right. happened here?
2: Well, I mean, the WWE one, you mentioned all those guys that ended Raw. I mean, KO, Sammy, and Riddle are sort of a thing right now. Like, they might not have a name, but, like, those three sort of are a faction at this point. It might be just a one-off, but you have them. And that's the thing. Like, you mentioned the split-ups and things like that. I don't know if we know if Montez Ford is, an eye, is a star in the eyes of the current WWE Bookers in, in terms of Hunter because – We saw that ascent, and then it just sort of plateaued. So I don't know if they see it the same way. I think Solo's the one. Like, what if they break up Solo? Because the bloodline, as good as it is, is starting to get to that point. It might be closer to stale than the hottest thing going right now. Maybe Solo breaks off and finally gets to do his own thing, and ultimately we get him and Roman months down the line.
0: I I still think in order for Roman and Solo to feel great. I think he's got to be, he's the, the closer he is. If you remove him somehow from the bloodline, like he has to be, if he's ever going to face Roman and have that be a really hot main event at whatever pay-per-view to me, it's him turning on Roman, mm-hmm. not like, Oh, he got shipped off. And now he's kind of doing his own thing. As for the street profits, like this is the easy way to have <laughs> them break up without having somebody be that Marty to DeG- Gennetti necessarily. Like this is a, this is an easy way to split, split those guys up Jay hood where, If you want Montez Ford, who we all think has been the guy that's been earmarked as the star, and typically the one who turns heel is the one who's going to be going over in the feud, again, using the Jannetty and and HBK reference, because HBK was a heel there for a while, Mm. but... Montez still has like that baby face appeal to me because of the moveset that he has, because of what the street profits have been. This is an easy way where you can still take Tez and make him a baby face on whatever brand you put him on. If you split up the street profits.
1: Yeah. I, I I think that just based on how he wrestles and the things that we've seen from him as a solo act, I think that he can be a star for them, but going from the beginning of this conversation, talking about something that we've talked about a lot on this show and that's splitting up the titles. Okay. You know, it comes out of this, guys, when you give it some serious thought. So Roman Reigns continues to be the the guy. And I know that he's marketable and people enjoy watching Roman Reigns. It's one thing. It's funny. When Brock Lesnar was champion, people got tired of seeing, not seeing Brock. And then we saw Brock. He got over quickly. But Roman, this thing, because of the bloodline, the storyline continues. It would have been easier for Cody Rhodes to have either one of those champions championships or be the universal champion, you know, the whole shebang, because there are more contenders for Cody than it is for yes. Roman. When you think about it, right? There's, yeah, there's five or six guys, five, six, seven wrestlers on either brand, Raw or SmackDown, that could take on Cody and have great matches. And then you look on the Roman side, Roman's beating everybody. So now then you look at that side of it, it's like he's champion, but there's no one else for him to beat. because they're not building enough stars quick enough for them to build up something serious If Cody was the champion and Cody would take on a list of guys. Think of anybody in the WWE that you think could seriously be champion. It'd be believable that Cody would lose that championship on the other side. When Roman wrestles, it seems like it's impossible to get the title off of him. Yeah.
2: hundred percent agree. And that's the thing. Like if you don't have a belt on one of these shows, it doesn't matter who you build up. If there's nothing for them to chase, like if they're just going up there winning match after match, it's like, all right, and, like, that doesn't actually make them a main event contender or a legit title contender. Like, Guthier at least has the IC title, and they're sort of pushing that, but he's a badass heel. Like, him versus Roman doesn't work. Him versus Cody, there's already a story there. Like, that would have been awesome to main event SummerSlam after what they did at the Rumble, but that's the thing. Like, you need something for someone to chase to ultimately build up to something.
1: Indeed. I think Cody and Guthier and would be much better than Cody and Anthony Agogo, whatever that was supposed to be. <laughs> uh- <laughs> United States against the UK. That was the shit. Oh, that poor guy. Where is he now? (laughs) Oh, you'll see him. You'll see him in Wembley. I'm sure. They'll fit him. Well, they'll find a way to
0: get him on the card at Wembley. Yeah. They're certainly going to do that. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they split it at this point. I really don't. And, Like you said, it would be easier to split it once you get it on Cody. Like then he, oh, because Cody wants to defend each one individually. And if Cody takes a loss, it doesn't feel as big of a deal versus Roman, who you've built up. Time, because now it just feels like we're waiting for, we're we're just waiting for um, Cody Rhodes to work his way back to Roman. Right? right? Like, that's all we're waiting for again. They're, it seems like they're doing the things maybe they wanted to do while Cody was injured to build him up. Well, we're just going to do that now. And I, I don't know, is it SummerSlam when you take the belts off of Roman? Who knows how long it's going to take for Cody to continue to build up. But if he goes, I mean, if he goes through Brock, if he defeats Brock in Puerto Rico in a couple of weeks, like, there's nothing left. Like, it's <laughs> Roman. And then right after that, right behind him is Brock Lesnar. Like, once you get past Brock, there's no one in between those two that would continue to build you up. Like it, so I, I, I don't know when. Maybe it's money in the bank. Maybe it's who knows when, when they actually have the rematch of Cody versus Roman.
1: You know, uh, I think it's kind of apparent, maybe to some, maybe not, that Paul Heyman pushed Brock out there to kind of be yeah. uh, kind of a meat shield for, for uh, Roman Reigns. So what if Co- Cody beats Brock in Puerto Rico? So I'm sure that Paul has someone else, right? Not Solo necessarily or not Jay or Jimmy. Don't you think that Paul has something else up his sleeve cuz there's going to be a slew of guys. Remember the promo? Paul says you'll never get a title shot. Madison Square Garden, all the the cr- crazy pay-per-views, all the main pay-per-views, great balls of fire. You're not going to you're not going to have a title shot. At all. You remember Paul saying this, right? Uh, So so I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that Cody has to continue to prove himself to try to finish the story. There'll be more people that Paul will throw out there after Brock. That's what I think. Because Brock says he's finishing up. So if that's the case, then I would imagine Cody wins in Puerto Rico.
2: But I just don't know who's out there. And, like, it feels predictable then. Like, are we going to go a whole year of Cody like, oh, is he going to get by this competitor? Yes. But he's not going to face Roman yet. Like, this seems to be an awesome opportunity. I mean, Gabe, you mentioned with Street Profits where – you have an opportunity where you keep Montez Ford to face. And honestly, you can keep Angelo Dawkins a star like with this, but having to do their own thing without the breakup, you have an opportunity here to split the belts again, to do something else. The same way you had an opportunity to just put the belts on Cody at Mania. I don't know if they're going to take advantage of it. Like I'm getting to the point now where I'm sort of skeptical when it comes to this booking.
0: So in terms of the WWE draft as well, what what are they going to do? Is Trish Stratus a part of this draft? Right. Like, because Trish obviously is sticking around for one match. It's going to be Trish versus versus Becky. Like, is Lita going to get drafted? Like, what? what are, no. I have so many questions about this draft. No. Like, how are you? So, if you are a WWE legend, you just kind of get to do whatever you want, right? Like, that's those are the rules of the WWE draft. Because wherever Becky goes, that's where Trish goes. Because that's the only way
1: the story makes sense. Uh, Becky, who? You mean Rebecca Quinn? Oh yeah, yeah. She's yep. still with the company. <laughs> I, <think so. laughs> I mean, what the hell happened there? Do you have we have news on that? I mean, we saw that, right? Like she was being yeah. raw and then she blacked out our picture and she went by Rebecca Quinn. She didn't They're quite to go until SummerSlam. That's 4 months away. They need to figure out a way to get us there. She didn't go as, as far as business inquiries, you know, uh, hit me up at <laughs> uh, you know, at gmail.com. She didn't go that far. But I mean, there's something going on there. Like she wasn't at Raw because there a problem. I think.
0: Well, I don't think there's a problem. I think she's got an injury. I think they're selling this attack. I think they're. I, I doubt that there's down anything
2: from behind. It's a severe injury. Well,
0: Because it was the same. Like <laughs> there was supposed to be some issue with Seth Rollins, and yet he put on a banger with Miz on Monday Night Raw this week. And so obviously, clearly, my guess is this seems to be an angle and. Every wrestler knows now, once you do that, everybody starts talking about you. So I, I don't think Becky Lynch necessarily needs the attention, but this is just – it feels like one of those things that's done to be like, oh, maybe there's something more going on. I, I just I, – I don't see Becky Lynch jumping, jumping <laughs> ship going over to AEW. Like I just don't see that happening.
2: Well, to piggyback off that, I mean, Jay Hood, you mentioned the whole Paul having another plan. Drew McIntyre's in that boat also, removing WWE from his bio – could he be next after Brock? A heel Drew pairing up with Paula on Cody.
1: Sure, that'll be his way out so he can go to Wembley. Does, does Drew, <laughs> your Drew be the AW2? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I, I think that we we stumble on something. I think the three of us stumble on something. So, cause there's something about Triple H's promo, not the one where he felt like you well you felt like he was gonna leave the company. No. The promo where he says that this will change the game. Uh, when he said that, and I was thinking like what if, right? Okay, Roman, you're going to be staying at SmackDown. The Fox people, Maybe, oh, by the way, will they do the old school uh, USA Fox TV split? Remember that? They had like the, they had the <laughs> they war the room. They had the robot. executive, yeah, they had the
0: robot. They had Cletus. Hey, his name is Cletus. Right.
1: Show a little respect. Yes. Please. Are they going to do like the war rooms, the USA network, you know, with Chris Lee in there? And then the robot with, with Fox? <laughs> um, well, they, eh. they what they're just going to they're going to FaceTime
0: Chrisley
2: yeah. in there from jail
1: like you need law
2: and order people instead. Yeah, Chris Lee's a little tied up right
1: now. I don't know. I like Mustafa Ali. I don't know. Right. I like Ali. Uh, I could see that happening, sure. But what if what if it's one of those things where they do the draft and it's like, "Yes, Roman, Roman Reigns is a Smackdown." Okay? So, you're Smackdown, but by the way, we need a champion for Raw because this is the draft. You're gonna have to hand over the championship and that becomes a thing, right? Oh my god, Adam Pierce is gonna get bunched out. But at some point, what if you're you're really having a draft and it's like we need a raw champion, so you gotta give up give over the title. Oh man, that's one way to get it off of him. If you're looking for a way, that's the way, the draft.
0: Yeah, that's certainly one way, and that way you can still continue to try to tell the strong story of the bloodline going forward and still have both. Because again, the, to me, the if you're going to have a draft and you're going to have the brand split, even though I don't think WWE's roster is deep enough to do it, you have to have a champion on both shows. Yep. That's, that's the only way this thing makes sense, because then you just get back into the territory where everybody's floating like they are now, and there's really no brand, you know, it's just... Everybody's brand agnostic. You show up whenever, whenever you're booked creatively. The other weird part, by
2: the way, about the timing. So it's a week from tomorrow. So next Friday, April twenty eighth, on SmackDown. Then Monday, May first, on Raw. Backlash is after the draft.
1: Mm-hmm. Backlash is after the draft. Yes.
2: So we're yeah. gonna set up. So the go home or SmackDown, and then some of
1: them might be on different shows.
0: The go home for Backlash for Raw uh-huh.
1: is the draft. Right. I miss the SmackDown only pay-per-views. Yeah. I do. That was the Paul no, Heyman era, though. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I love oh, that.
0: Ones. That one. Oh, I thought. <laughs> I thought you were talking about when they were like trying to do like two pay-per-views a month. They would do one Raw one and one SmackDown one. You're going, why are we? Why
1: are we doing oh, this no. all the time? No, no, nobody loved Paul London and, and Brian Kendrick like me on those SmackDown <laughs> only pay-per-views. <laughs> it, it seemed a little thin, but that's all right. I liked it because Paul Heyman who was running it. I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's still a lot that needs to be decided when it comes to the WWE draft and we'll start seeing, and we'll talk about it more. We're going to have a special edition of GKW around the draft because also the NFL draft is happening. We'll do that next week, but we transition now into some of the other top stories in the world of professional wrestling. So if would like to call the three count, Brian, what do we have? Number
2: one. Well, WWE might not be the only one with a brand split. Reports coming out this week, Wrestling Observer Live says the AEW brand sli- split will not be, quote-unquote, soft. Apparently, looking at a June or July launch of their Saturday show, is an AEW brand split the right move?
0: Terrible idea. Awful idea. I hate it for WWE. I hate it for AEW. Like Because as much as you want... Every show to be equal. You know, when AEW launched Rampage, and they they did it right, right? Like, the second show was CM Punk's Return. Yeah, that was cool. Huge. Huge. Cool, right? Well, now it's just a lot of secondary matches happen there, and you get a couple of advancements of some of the main storylines, but it's a secondary show because it's on at an awkward time on Friday night. It's a secondary show. It just has to be. And if you have a show on Saturday, like, that's not going to compete with Dynamite. So now you're going to have an A show, a B show, and a C show, no matter how much you try to push it. Like, it's still going to be – like, you can throw CM Punk on the Saturday show. It still is going to be – like, it's just – it's the way these things work. It's just like, you know, when when WWE had SmackDown and it had Raw and it had Sunday Night Heat – like we knew what the A, B and C show were like, it's, it was pretty easy to figure out on a weekly basis, which show actually mattered. And it I, it's a bad idea. I, I know their roster is actually seemingly deep enough to try to pull something like this off, but I, I I hate the idea because it's an incredibly difficult one to execute. And it's incredibly difficult to convince everyone that every show is equal.
1: Well, and by the way, I like I loved all three of those WWE shows back then because I knew where to find Al Snow. He'd be on Sunday Night <laughs> for me on MTV. What, what does everybody want? want? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like you got like Coach and like Shane McMahon doing commentary. It's like what is going on here? What is going on with this show? Cool MTV WWE. That's pretty oh, good. It's, it's a show that Vince would never watch. By the way, he would never right. be around the curtain. Just like whatever you want to do. And and just do that, right? It was a fun show. I like those three shows, but Gabe, you got to be practical here. It's an arms race when it comes to talent in wrestling. The WWE has their talent, and apparently, there's a talent freeze going on WWE because if that's the case, how come we didn't get our surprises from WrestleMania? How come Mm -hmm. we're not getting like you know four to six new wrestlers or wrestlers making their way from NXT to the WWE and vice versa, all that? So. Clearly, there's a, t- a hiring freeze or a talent yeah. freeze there, but for AEW they keep hiring new talent, and this is a problem with the Booker too, right? With Tony Khan. So you got two hours of fill on Wednesday, can't get everybody in the card. Then you got a Friday show that floats, and I know that's not what they wanted, but when you got hockey and you've got basketball and you got uh, soccer, I mean they keep moving the Saturday show around, uh, the Friday show around. So, okay, so you got an hour there. And so what do you got about maybe four matches? Okay, but then you got this slew of talent that's just sitting at the crib. They're not doing anything, just collecting a check. Okay, so let's go all the way back to the territory days briefly. What's the perfect number, bro, it's, of wrestlers for a roster? If you got, if you have, say, one show that's two hours, what's the perfect amount of wrestlers to have like on a roster? Like 20? 20, like, I would say 25 to 30. Yeah, 25, okay. We got tag teams in there too, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay,
1: so so that's the proper amount. You're a small company and you're becoming a bigger company. So you add on based on how big you're getting. But when you start off as a multi-million dollar company before you have your first match, we can buy all this talent. WWE guys and New Japan guys and independent guys and just bring them all in. Okay, so you got all of these little toy soldiers, Tony. You got all these little little people to to work with, but how do you get them all on the card? You got half the rosters probably pissed off because they're sitting at home on Wednesdays and Friday nights and can't get there and, and yep. can't get on the card. So my idea is this, is that for AEW needs to shut down whatever they got on YouTube. Shut that down. No more dark. You want to have an elevation. If you just want to put out like the, the factory talent, the QT Marshall talent, put it on YouTube. <laughs> That's just for but one night. You're,
0: you're, but you're, taking, other- you're taking money out of our guy's pocket. Yeah. No more Matt Menard commentary. That's our guy.
1: Come on, he's on the new Saturday show.
0: So, okay. So All right. All it's, right. So Problem solved.
1: Problem solved. It's going to be big show. It's going to be Paul White and it's going to be Matt Menard. They're going to be doing commentary. Hey, I understand, yeah. but I understand why they're doing it. It's but it's clearly Warner is saying, "Man, this is successful. Can you put more yeah. wrestling on?" And it's like this is what ruined WCW.
2: <laughs> but that's the thing. but if you're a Tony, you're not going to say no. If Warner's coming and the deal is up in the next couple of years, like hey, we want to yeah. do more TV, we want to do another shit. like you don't say no in that situation.
1: But also, you got to take care of the talent too. You've got a lot of good talent that can't get on TV. So uh-huh. I understand why they're doing it. brand brand split. <clears> uh, <throat> but as far as talent, they need to work. I got right. a problem. Well,
2: that's the thing. Like I think if it is almost like an individual company that you look at it as, like what they're sort of trying to do with Ring of Honor, like. There is a way to make it work, but you mentioned Tony, and all reports are he's the only one booking everything. So that's what, two, four, five, it's seven hours much. of TV a week. And then it's the YouTube much. stuff, yeah, it's way too much. And like, unless he's gonna hire other people, but if it's a legit brand split, obviously Saturday nights are gonna be hard to draw, and we're gonna hit college football season, it's gonna be even harder to draw at that point. But like,
0: if it's almost its own company, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Well- so they're going to do, I mean, I guess we don't know how long this proposed Saturday show is going to sure. be, but they literally tape everything on Wednesday. Very rarely do they actually tape something on Friday just for Rampage. They've done it right. a couple of times, but, you know, especially when they have Battle of the Belts, when they know they can back up or they have CM Punk and it's something very special, yeah. you know, or it's in Chicago leading up to all All in, mm-hmm. or, excuse me, all out, but so isn't some of the idea behind this, because a lot of this reporting is also circulated with CM Punk. And yes. Oh, if we have a Saturday show, we'll be able to keep CM Punk separate from, you know, the guys he doesn't like that don't like him. But if you're taping all this stuff on Wednesday night, anyway, how are you separating the roster? Like, and, and keeping CM Punk away I think from the Saturdays early- would
1: have to be live. <sighs> and when
2: that's you hit weird. the fall, that's rough.
1: Can I just Damn. tell you, it was tough in the eighties. It's it's mm-hmm. tough definitely in twenty twenty three. So along with UFC and college football and hockey and basketball and everything else, it's just a rough night. Mm-hmm. It's a rough night to be able to put that on Saturday nights. It once upon a time, that was that was perfect. Five oh five central before you go out to kick it, you watch a little a couple hours of wrestling. All right, I'm out going bowling. Right? right? But 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 now not the case because it's so saturated with so much sports on Saturday. Tough TV night. You think Friday? Friday night used to be the toughest night, but when you draw two point three million, if you're the WWE on SmackDown, it looks like it's doing fine, right? But mm-hmm. Saturday is even tougher. It's just, but, but again, practically Gabe, how do you, how do you take care of these wrestlers that are just taking indie dates and can't even get on your TV? You got to put them on TV. And I, and I would yeah, say, and again, honestly, you,
0: you yeah. got trim the fat. You got to trim the fat. If you're Tony, I understand it's an arms race, but you, you can't make everyone happy. It, it's, you know, I think of somebody like Joey Janela in this instance, who was an AEW original came over, didn't work out. Couldn't get him on TV enough. So now he's back doing his Joey Janela spring break. He's putting on the, the huge shows that he does WrestleMania weekend. Like he's, he's back doing the thing and he's making good money doing that. but you can't, Like even though some people seem like a great idea to have on your television, if you can't make it work, you just have to trim some of that fat if you're me. I I think that's just what Tony needs to do. Instead of signing, 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 oh, yeah, oh, we got to make sure we keep Brian Cage. Do you really? Like you don't ever put him on TV. If you're not putting him on TV, you don't need to keep him around.
1: It's only two companies that keeps their talent and keeps them going. It's AEW and good karma brands. <laughs> because you don't. I'm just saying. Nobody's leaving. Nobody leaves our company. Like, like who is the the Joy janella of this company? Like, they're everyone's staying. They're dancing. Yeah. No one trims the fat in our company at all. So I mean, the same. Well, yeah, but here.
0: yeah. We find enough stuff for us to do. I mean, we all have other responsibilities other than just GKW. <laughs> so I think, you know, our, our respective our respective Tony Cons here at the company figure out a way to keep us busy.
1: That's true. And and, and then historically, Boris, you tell me, since AEW's been a company, and we joke, but it's I think it's have they have they released not even five people, right? You no, know, and
2: I think most of the times when they release someone, they just let their deals outright expire.
1: Like Sunny Kiss is is, is Is he still with the company?
2: I think so, but that's it. Most like the Janelles in the world, the Marcos stunt. Like it's like, hey, we wanted to work. They just sit home, but they let their deals expire. They just keep paying them. Like honestly, I feel like the only person that left before their deal was up was Regal, and that was still baffling.
1: And he wants to come back.
2: Right, I'm sure he does. <laughs> so.
0: But like Miro, what, what the hell are they doing with Miro? You know, like they've got, they have so much damn talent and they can't Andrade. figure it out.
2: I feel like Jay White's going to be in that boat soon. Like,
1: yeah, great, great debut for Jay White. Put him in a 50 50 match with yeah. Commander. Yeah. A, a debut, you're supposed to kick somebody's ass into a promo. That's, that's the way you do it, not a 50-50 match where Jay White's like, I'm going to do my match, <laughs> and Commander, you do your match, and then we'll meet in the middle. But that was re- not great at the beginning.
2: Years after, who's doing the 10 again, so you got that going for you.
1: Okay, so he's away because his wife, um, you know, they both they had a baby. Yep. He comes back into the main event of Rampage. Yeah. The main, yeah. The main event. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Again, there. there's an A show
0: and there's a B show. Like yeah. there's it's there's a very clear line. One is live every week, one is taped ninety-five percent of the time. It's uh-huh. I'm What's I'm it? curious to see. I'm curious to see if it happens. Now, again, if you have CM Punk and he's going to be the anchor for Friday or Saturday, presumably it's going presumably it has a better chance of success. But it's still gonna be really hard for it to draw. It's still going to end up being a B or C show. It, it's I I don't know why I... But the other part of that, if we're only seeing Punk on Saturday, you still have the elephant. It was
2: like, uh, are we ever going to see Punk in the Elite? Like that's still going to be hanging and lingering out there.
1: Actually, here's what happens, Gabe. See, Broach is going. He's going to make out like a fat cat here because what will happen is is that this Saturday show is going to be taped at Disney, and Broach will be able to go down and check it because they're not opening up a, a, a Saturday night TV no. taping. It's going to be at Disney, and so he'll be able to go and see it anytime he wants.
2: Man, my wife's going to regret getting those annual passes we got today. Man, she's going to regret
0: that. That's why.
1: That's why. I think that's what's going to happen because it it is too much. If a Wednesday, right? Dynamite happens at 7 o'clock Central Time, and then they're giving you a Ring of Honor at the end. You saw it. You were in Milwaukee. You saw
0: it on that TV. I do a morning show in Milwaukee so I I stuck around because they they teased Vikingo but then they did a match after Vikingo I'm like dude I got to go like it was <laughs> it was 11:30 like central time like how am I still here why am I still here because you had dynamite go till 9 then you had rampage and obviously they got to set everything up there then you had a bunch of ROH matches before you got to Vikingo it was which again if you're a wrestling junkie that's a great night. It ends up being a great value for a ticket for you if you go and see when they're just taping all the television that they can. But it also turns into a pretty long night and the crowd kind of thins out by the end of the night.
1: Boy, that those poor ring skirts. It's like dark, <laughs> elevation, dynamite, rampage, ROH. It's like, it's like all these things. Like I'm trying to get a ladder. I can't get underneath there. All these ring skirts. <laughs> I keep pulling them. You got go digital. Stuff. Come on, guys. Yeah, that's probably more economical. yes. Well, maybe, it's, it's, it's,
0: maybe, maybe they'll go digital once uh, you know this this new TV deal comes through. They get the third show. Now they've got enough money to make okay. it digital on the ring. What do we got at number two, Brian?
2: All right, guys. What is the bigger AEW title story coming out of last night? Is it the AEW World Title having a pillar tournament where we saw ah. Sammy Guevara beat Jungle Boy with help from MJF. Next week he faces Darby Allen. The winner of that will face MJF. Or is it yet another TNT title change? Wardlow knocking off Hobbs that is a sixth t- TNT title change uh this or fifth sorry in 2023 which one's the bigger story
0: um it's setting us up for a pillar tournament that i was excited for and then pissing all over it i think that's <laughs> that's kind of the bigger that's the bigger story at least for me i don't know if you guys were satisfied and it- Look, I guess they kind of telegraphed that something was going to happen with the way they did the MJF and Sammy Guevara interaction in the back. And I'm sure it's going to end. I'm sure we're going to see something similar next week where MJF is going to cost Darby Allin. We're going to get Sammy. And Sammy's going to like tear up the check that he wrote or whatever. Say, oh, I used you, MJF, in order to get this title shot. But like, you had a great match. And then we decided to ruin it with MJF. And it just kind of, the last half hour of dynamite last night between that and then. Everything they they did um, with Britt Baker was, yeah, not great. But I would say the Pillar Tournament. I got excited for the Pillar Tournament. I got suckered in. I thought it was going to be something fun, and it turned out not to be as fun as I was hoping.
1: Well, that TNT title, I mean, what was that with Hobbs? What kind of title reign was that? All been yet got serious. You I will say, though,
2: it. he's the longest reigning TNT champion in 2023. Looked it up today. 42-day reign. A lot of memorable moments, right? You we have gotta your favorites? It.
1: We got to take your computer away from you. <laughs> Boy, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that was <your> favorite <laughs> moment of the Hobbs title run. You know what? You know what? Don't give him the title if you're going to do that. I mean, that that's – I that's
0: think awesome. it was – <laughs> to answer the to answer the question, uh, it was Q T Marshall coming out to deafening silence, okay. like everyone just oh, being very confused about Q T Marshall, and then like commentary, oh Q T Marshall, he's a man of his word. Everyone's going, wait, when did he say that? When did this happen that he said he was going to help out Hobbs? I don't. Wait, when did he say that? I mean, yeah. that was my favorite moment of the of the powerhouse Hobbs era.
1: They did that brother wrong. I mean, you got to do that whole thing—the vignettes, which were believable. You have your pay-per-view in San Francisco. Okay, so he wins in front of his hometown. He becomes the champion, and then he just disappears off our television. We mentioned this on the show. Like, where is he? Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be ultimately a TV champion, and then the guy's not on TV. And so there was no. So then he loses against Wardlow, and it's like, okay, what's the defining, this distinguishing characteristic? Arms back with the phony <laughs> gun. Arn's back. Okay. Arn's back. Awesome. Okay. So now I understand why Arn is with Wardlow because Wardlow's promos are it's okay. And Arn can get him over. can get him over. So I got no problem with that. Arn also can take some punishment. He can also still execute the DDT. So okay, that's fine. Got no problem with that. Kitchup's fine as a pine. Yeah, so so I'm fine with that. Like, but I just don't like the idea that Hobbs has a three week build it, on GKW underscore wrestling. When I say something about it, somebody on Twitter was just like, "Oh, they're setting up for something. Setting up for what? For Hobbs? Right. What? <laughs> setting what up for Hobbs? Right. Uh, he's but, he's but,
0: gonna challenge MJF. He's okay. next in line. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. No. That guy needs,
1: that guy no, they're setting
2: play. up for Wardlow and Hobbs part three to then drop the title again. That's
1: what they're setting right. up for. That should not be a hot potato title, but, I mean, and by the way, this is what Tony Khan used to always say in interviews, oh, we we, we want our championship to mean something. Yeah. So then the first part of this pillar tournament, so what changed, Gabe? What changed? That, that's the whole thing with this, right? Like, So it was an interesting story of four young wrestlers, MJF having to be the champion, Jungle Boy, Darby, and uh, Sammy. They do the opening segment on Wednesday Night Raw yesterday from Pittsburgh. <laughs> and you got three guys talking and nobody's getting over. No. I, no I thought it, I, was,
0: it, it just dragged, man, too. I'm sitting there going, what are they doing? This thing's just dragging too because long. Because we've seen and- this.
2: Like, they keep doing the same promos. Like, remember our reaction after the first time they did it, when they did all four yeah. of them. It was lengthy. We were like, wow, that was great. But they just keep doing it. Like, nothing's changed.
1: Well, well, well no no something did change because I thought I was watching two baby faces and a heel in there and all three are healing on each other what yeah, happened yeah. there what happened there like like so that's what I thought I was watching I thought I was gonna get two baby faces and a heel Sammy's a scumbag we all know that and that's his character which is fine but like to say for jungle boy what was it Darby saying' a jungle boy you're no different than mjf wait a minute yeah mm-hmm. Nobody knows that if that's true. <laughs> so why so why are they healing him? And all of a sudden, Darby now's got jazz hands now. Now now it's funny, Darby. Darby's got yeah. singers now. He was he was brooding, he was quiet, he was menacing for a little guy. Now he's got jazz hands. Now he's got zinger lines. And he's got jokes. Right? And he he's so excited.
2: Why? were you excited to see excited Darby? Like that was different.
1: <laughs> I don't understand what was what was happening. And and thank God MJF came out. Because as soon as the first chord of his, his song hit, Pittsburgh was like, oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> right. And then, but on top of that, the reason why this is ridiculous, bro, is because so Sammy needs to be paid off so he can lay down. What if people take that seriously and go, well, I'm not watching a pay-per-view of Sammy's in there for him to lay down. <laughs> now, we know that's not going to happen. But just the point is, like, why is that a step? Why is that in there?
0: because well, again i think once once mjf helps him get into that main event then the storyline that we're going to have in the month lead up to double or nothing is going to be sammy rips up the check and goes oh i just used you i'm not accepting this money and now we're actually going to have this match and that that that's going to be the build up between those two leading up to it i, I don't think we're going to have you know, I don't think the go home show before we get to double or nothing is gonna be, oh, is Sammy actually still gonna lay down? I think that's gonna be pretty clear that it's gonna be an actual match by them. But that's the thing,
2: like to your point, Jay Hood, calling it raw last night. Like this is WWE like and it feels that way, cause it feels like ultimately we're still gonna get the four-way at the pay-per-view. Like I don't know how they're gonna get it there, but like it seemed like there was a simple way, like you wanna do a tournament. Why don't they just do it like round robin style where we got bangers of matches, everyone faces everyone. And then they're all tied at the end. It's like, oh no, now what do we do? We got to do a four way. This still feels like we're going down that path somehow. And it's just like, all right, I don't know if we need all this right now.
0: No, it it seems like to me that they're each going to give their individual shot. And whether it's all in at Wembley, whether it's all out the following, presumably the following weekend in Chicago, like it seems so this is going to be Guevara. And then you know we're we're gonna have at all in somebody's gonna get one and then all out you get uh, you get the third one. Well, then i That's what it seems like to me.
2: But if you're, I mean, we're different because we're gonna buy the pay per view regardless. If you're someone at home, are you buying a pay per view for an MJF Sammy main event?
1: Well, no, that's the opener.
2: No, the world title always goes on last in that company.
1: Uh, well, I understand that, but it feels like more like an <laughs> opener than like the end of the card. Hope Rick Flair ain't listening. <laughs> but 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 seriously, like, see that that's the thing. Like, the build's got to make us anticipate. Oh my God, MJF against one of these three right. guys. And it's like, look at what they did not help themselves. That's my bigger point. They did not help yep. themselves in that in that promo in Pittsburgh yesterday. They just didn't. No, they no. You know, and and then of course, of course, the main event of of um, Wednesday Night Raw, where it is Jungle Boy against Sammy. Uh-huh. So what happened there at the end where MJF is interfering on, on uh, Jungle Boy and Bryce Remsburg counts to eight and Sammy breaks it up like, no, no, no. So he can be able to be the shield to make sure that MJF gets a shot in. Eight. Where, where was I? Eight. Nine. Ten. You don't restart the count? You don't restart the count. Did you guys notice that? It stopped at Eight. And then, like, Sammy has interference to stop the ref's count. And then Rensberg says, 9-10, you're counted out. What the hell was that yesterday? And that's what the thing. Like, that? they,
2: they stay away from those finishes, which I applaud them on. But then when it happens, like, last night, it's it sticks out that much more. Like, that crowd reaction was like, oh, that's how we're ending this? Like, that was a rough ending.
1: How do you not restart the count? <laughs> what the hell happened there? It's, it's, no, I've never Maybe seen that. Running, running short on time. Running short on time.
0: Don't have that extension time on T- TBS on Wednesday nights.
1: Well, you gotta we got to get to US the
0: soccer, soccer. match. Yeah. We got to yeah. get out. Yeah. We got, we got, a, we got an international friendly coming up. You don't have to, You don't have time, Bryce, to count to ten again. You got to just pick it up at nine.
1: <laughs> that was the shits yesterday. Did mm-hmm. Not like I don't know, like the show again. Like Something like that. For the, sure. the last half hour, I, I felt, I felt there were parts that
0: I enjoyed. The opening dragged on too long in the last half hour where they just they decided to shit on the crowd <laughs> with with what they did with Brit um, and, and the Adam Cole angle. Like they just didn't <sighs> every time again, every time I start to think that Tony's taking steps forward, he ends up taking some steps back.
1: Look, I, the, you know what, bro? It's all the shows can't be bangers. I get that. Huh. They all can't be bangers. But and it's not, it wasn't horrible. It's just certain things that was so WWE. If it was WWE, we'd be killing it today. Yeah. But because AEW give them some, give them the benefit of the doubt. I will not. I will not. I did not like that yesterday. I mean, they had a couple good matches, but just the long, long, drawn out talk segments. I mean, they were. This is really a setup show for their pay per view. That's what it was. I felt sorry for Pittsburgh.
0: And the pay per view is two months away, yeah. or a month and a half. We got a long way to month go. A month and
1: a half. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> get on, get on. Um,
0: one part, though, last night on AEW that was, you know, again, we we didn't like it with what happened with, uh, with Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Fortunately, we had a chance to catch up with them earlier in the week as uh, we talked a little bit of everything from all access to what Adam Cole has been going through in his fight to return to the ring. Excited here on GKW to welcome in our next two guests, because not only are they stars in AEW, they are stars of the new AEW All Access show, which you can catch after uh, Dynamite on Wednesday nights on TBS. Please welcome in Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Adam Cole. So let's just start with the show. You guys are two of the you know more front-facing folks in AEW already, What was intriguing about, you know, kind of lifting up the curtain and letting fans into your lives even more with AEW All Access?
3: Um, I guess because it's something that I would love to watch as a professional wrestling fan. That's something that I think would be super intriguing and and interesting. And it's you always want to know what you're not supposed to know. And in professional wrestling, you're not supposed to know what goes on behind the scenes. And I think that's really kind of the selling point for me is to be a part of something that fans are going to are going to find entertaining.
2: Yeah, for sure. Adam, for you, what was it like sort of diving into that? I feel like you sort of have reality TV experience with being the elite and going through all that. So what was it like jumping into this world now?
4: This was actually really scary for me. Um, So generally, for the most part, when it when it comes to my private life, I am pretty private, Um, so I, I was unsure if I wanted to do this even in the first place. But then when when this career threatening injury happened, I was sitting back and thinking about all the support that I had from so many of the fans who had no clue what was going on with me. And and I felt like it was really important that I got to document and showcase that story to the fans who have been so supportive. So I'm I'm so glad that I did it. Uh, The the first few days, it was interesting always having a camera in your face uh, while at the same time wondering if I was ever going to wrestle again. That was pretty challenging. But as time went on, I, again, this show captures the ups and the downs, and, and you're going to get to see the real me.
0: You got to cut that very impassioned promo when when you did return, kind of announcing, you know, this whole thing that your match was going to take place right before the first ever AEW All Access. And you did, you know, you mentioned the fans and how supportive they were. How supportive was everybody in your inner circle, Brit included, to help you get through what was, as you've described, a very scary moment in your life?
4: Yeah, I I was going to say one of the biggest questions I get asked is what what did I learn the most from doing this show? And it it is the unbelievable support system that I have. Again, Britt was by my side every single step of the way. I I don't know if I would have gotten through it without her. And and on top of that, my family was so incredibly supportive. My friends, the the love and support that I had from that inner circle um, was was vital was absolutely vital because generally I'm a pretty optimistic person, but this was a low point for me in my life. Wondering if the nine-year-old kid who had a dream of being a pro wrestler, wondering if that was over at 33 years old was a very tough pill to swallow. So without them, I don't know if I would have gotten through it. I'm so, so thankful.
2: Britt, on the flip side of that, what was that feeling like for you a couple of weeks ago to see him in the ring, actually getting to wrestle again?
3: I was terrified. I was, uh, I was, watching. <laughs> I was watching in the back on the one of the screens with the young bucks, and we were kind of all just like holding our breath every time he hit the mat. Like, oh my gosh, is he is he going to be okay? Is he going to be okay? It, it's scary. It really is because when you remember professional wrestling is is inches away from something terrible happening, something going terribly wrong, and when you know with with his injury, you just realize how precious it is and how precious life is, and and it puts everything into perspective. Yeah.
0: Adam, you you made your AEW debut the same night as Brian Danielson. Were you able to ever talk to him and kind of draw on similar experiences about trying to work your way back after suffering some pretty serious injuries?
4: I was, and and again, when I talk about the people who were incredibly helpful, Brian Danielson absolutely was was one of them. Again, considering what he went through, and on top of that, he reached out, uh, which I thought was so kind and so thoughtful of him uh, because he understood in a lot of ways what I was going through. So yeah, Brian was incredibly resourceful and very, very helpful to me in my recovery process.
2: Britt, when it comes to this show, you know, I think it's giving people a peek behind the scenes that it isn't just a character about you being a dentist, you are a dentist. <laughs> what is that like when you have someone come in and they recognize you like, wait, didn't I watch you on TV last night? What are some of those experiences like for you in the uh, office?
3: Well, it's never accidental. They're never like, "Oh, I I see you." They know. They know exactly what, who I am and that's why they're coming in. It's it's definitely probably the most challenging part of being a dentist for me because they don't they don't make classes or courses on how to handle being a, you know, a a famous wrestler in a dental office and having fans come to your office. And it's, it's hard. It really is hard because you want to, you want to respect the fans and I, and I appreciate them. I love them more than anything, but that's not what the dental office is for. The dental office is to treat patients and people that need, that need help and need care, not autographs.
0: Why is it so important to you to keep the practice? Because again, like being a professional wrestler is a full-time job as is having, you know, being a dentist. Why was it so important for you to have both of those things in your life?
3: Because I worked so hard to get to, to get to where I am in both, careers and dental school is something it, it took eight years to to be a dentist and it I put so much time and energy and it was so hard for me to balance both training to be a wrestler and going to dental school. And just to to close the door on that, that would be it's something that I I'm not ready to do just because I, I'm it's still new to me. It's I've only been a dentist for for a few years now and it's it's not something that I'm sick of. I, I still love it. And, and it just comes down to I, I put way too much into it.
2: Adam, for you, you don't have a dentist office for fans to visit you at, but what are some of the weirdest places you've had people hit you with a baby bay when you're just walking around unexpectedly?
4: Oh, oh my man. goodness. I mean, the, the one that sticks out fresh in my mind is um I was in an airport using the restroom um, and someone decided to yell it out uh, while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> no, uh, so, no. Yeah, I, I've had some, you know, some weird locations before, but I, but I think in the bathroom has got to be the weirdest. That's gotta be the weirdest.
0: There's there's come on, people, there are rules. We're in a society. Like <laughs> let let the man do his thing and you know, like whatever. He's walking around to the airport, hit him, but let's let's kind of keep that out, out of the bathroom at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Britt, you've been with AEW since the beginning. So now to add this show, what's it been like for you to see the company grow from one show in Dynamite to adding Rampage on Friday night to then adding this behind the scenes show and a stadium? show that's coming up. What's it been like for you to see this company grow as quickly as it has?
3: Um, there's, there's a lot of pride and, I, and I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of this and, and be part, like what I consider the foundation of this company because I was here from day one. I was on the first All In when there was no AW yet, and it, and it kind of was the precursor to AW. And I signed with AW before there was no TV deal yet, and we didn't know if we were going to be in these these huge arenas. And now, for the second All In announcement to be at, at Wembley in the UK, that's so surreal to me. If you would have told me back in whatever year it was when the first all in was in Chicago that I was going to be doing a second all in in Wembley I would have told you you were out of your mind because it just it's something that you don't think is is a reality until it happens and then you think well of course it's reality that's that's why I signed up this is why I work so hard is for moments like this
2: So sort of along those lines do you ever step back and just sort of realize what you've accomplished as one of the pillars of this company that continues to grow when do you step back and be like oh yeah I have accomplished that
3: um i don't think it's something because we're never satisfied we're never happy we always want more you always you're always chasing the next thing and and i think that's that's really the key to success is to be never satisfied but on top of that you do you do have to give yourself a pat on the back when it's deserved you because we're all our own harshest critic as is but you need to you need to
0: be proud of yourself too so with the excitement around wembley I, it's hard to imagine them having a card without you two on it. What, what, what are matches? What Who, who do you guys want to face inside a huge stadium, large crowd at Wembley Stadium later this year?
4: Well, well what's exciting for me is there are so many guys that, that I want to step into the ring with at AEW that I haven't had the chance to wrestle yet. And when I think about all these different possible matches like a, like a Sammy Guevara or a Darby Allen or a, even a Jungle Boy again or or something like Jay White or something like Kenny Omega or maybe even something like MJF for the AEW World Championship. I don't know. I don't know. There, there's a lot of different possibilities, but I know whatever I'm involved in at Wembley, I want it to be special. And my God, I cannot wait for this show.
3: Same for me. I, there's There's no one I wouldn't, want yeah. to wrestle yeah. at Wembley just to be a part of the show and part of the, the whole process is it's so exciting.
0: Whose match Adam, is we- going to steal the show? Whose match steals the show at Wembley? Is it, <laughs> is it going to be you, Britt? Or is it going to be you, Adam. Who's stealing the show?
3: Mine. No. For sure. Mine.
0: <laughs> Hers.
4: Okay. Come on. Come on. <laughs>
2: I <laughs> know we've talked a lot to some AEW wrestlers on this show, and they always talk about the locker room and how they learn from the dirt seats. Well, apparently, it's happening in the locker room. You work with a lot of your friends now. On the positive side, what is your favorite part about the AEW locker room? Oh,
4: absolutely uh, the the camaraderie for sure. Uh, again, uh, being able to because for the longest time, when me and Britt first started dating, we were in like a long distance mm-hmm. relationship, and then for years, I worked for another company, so we would really barely see each other lots of times. So now to be able to travel with her, share a hotel room, pass her in the hallway, even if it's for 10 seconds, is amazing. On top of that, again, I have so many of my friends there. Matt and Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega. um, The the crew there is just unbelievable. These are guys that I've known for years and years and years of my life. So being able to see them again, spend time with them, laugh with them, it's wonderful. It's amazing.
0: Another big show for AEW, is going to be forbidden door. And with new Japan, Britt, they they're adding now women to their roster. How much hope is there that now we can see more women's matches as part of these forbidden door pay-per-views?
3: Of course. And that's all, that's all the women's division wants is we want to be included in these huge, these huge moments, these huge shows, these huge cards. And there's, there's no reason now that we shouldn't be and, and won't be.
2: From a wrestling standpoint, what do you two learn from each other in terms of wrestling in the ring? Hmm. Um, for me, I, I constantly feel like, because me and Britt really
4: communicate a lot in, mm-hmm. in regards to pro wrestling, whether it's um, pitching different ideas or different thoughts that we both have, um, whether it's, I, I would like to think that I've helped teach Britt a lot, but I can also say that she's done the same for me. And if, even like one specific example is like, presentation of what I wear to the ring for years and years and years. I wore very similar kind of plain stuff. I, I still liked it, but still that there was the stuff that Britt wears is so spectacular and, and stands out so much that now as time has gone on, I'm starting to wear more intricate jackets and, and trunks and knee pads and things like that. So I think she's really helped my presentation quite a bit.
3: Yeah. And he, uh, something that, I think everybody in the professional wrestling world would say about him is he is, he's just able to adjust to anything and just go with the flow and nothing throws him off his game. And that's something that it's, it's admirable. It really is.
0: All right. Before we get you out of here, what's been the career highlight in AEW? What's, what's the one that you're trying to chase and and get that high back again?
1: I'll
4: I'll tell you what, for me right off the bat, and it's, it's one that just happened. Um, being able to return to the ring after nine months, after months of thinking I was never going to wrestle again, be- being able to have that match uh, against Danny Garcia with the support of that audience to be able to hug uh, the love of my life in the middle of the ring afterwards and have confetti fall down. I mean, that was a fairy tale moment for me. I, I just, there- there's nothing I love more than pro wrestling. And when you think it's gone, it's very, very scary. So the fact that it's back now, I mean, my God, could not be happier.
3: I, uh, mine's kind of tied. So when, when we went to Pittsburgh and I defended the title for the first time in Pittsburgh, um, with the first time defending the title in front of my family, front of my friends, it's in Pittsburgh. It's literally in the building directly beside the dental school that I spent four years at. That was so surreal because that's something that that's what I worked so hard for in that, in that exact building. So that was really cool. It was so special. And then also being the first ever women's main event for dynamite, having the lights match and just being a part of something that so many people were proud of. And so many people were talking about just, just having, having a moment where, you know, you're really making a difference in, in the history of professional wrestling and of women's wrestling, that's something you, you, you always want to chase. You want to be remembered.
0: Brent, Adam, thank you so much for the time. I feel like AEW's on a roll. Can't wait to see what you guys have in store on Wednesday nights, not just with Dynamite, but of course with AEW All Access, TBS Wednesdays right after Dynamite as well. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you both. Uh, big thank you to both of them for joining us. And if you're doubting that Adam Cole loves professional wrestling more than anything, Brian, I know you have a story from when you went to a bunch of WrestleMania shows when WrestleMania was in Orlando. And this, I believe, was pre-NXT days for Adam Cole.
2: That is correct. Yeah. So I, you know, you guys make fun of me and the amount of shows I go to. I remember driving from Orlando to Lakeland, which is about an hour south, went to the Ring of Honor show. It was a fun show. Cole wrestled on it. Then drove back to Orlando because there was a midnight show, one of those shows with no wrestling ropes, just, you know, a ring. And everyone's up against it. And walking to the bathroom there in the the crowd got Adam Cole, baby. Just, you know, he made the same drive, went over there to watch some indie wrestling, which it makes sense for me, but uh, does not make sense for one Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, I love, I love that conversation. I thought that was really, really cool. Those two have each other's back. And you got to yeah. love that, right? Um, you know wrestling wrestling is with relationships but those two seem like they got each other's back they're young and they got so much ahead of them so I just think that that was a great conversation let's go ahead and move on what do we have this week in news and notes Brian All right, some
2: contract stuff to start things off in the AEW world Tony Khan announced on Twitter last night Commander is now all elite he lost to Jay White last night he is 0-3 in his AEW career and also Fightful reporting that AEW and Hangman Page in the midst of negotiating a new deal with AEW. The report does also point out that Hangman has the same representation as the elite who have not had those extension talks just yet.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with with Hangman. Um, I mean, AEW seems to be back in the, okay, we're going to sign some people, obviously Jay White. I, I would not be surprised if we see something with Vakingo uh, sooner rather than later because apparently he once again, I mean, he was... Here in Milwaukee for ROH, defending the AAA title last week. It appears that uh, he's defending it on a rampage, which yep. was taped last night is going to be airing on Saturday. So he, the King goes around enough. I would not be shocked if we saw the King go being all elite. But, Adam, uh, the, the hangman's going to be the interesting one to see if if he goes the same way as his buddies with the elite and, and this thing drags on longer than, than maybe anticipated.
1: It's weird how some wrestlers have a debut that they can never get out of the box. Like Commander, what does he do? He he walks the ropes and loses. <laughs> That's the gimmick. It's not not a, not a bad he's not a bad wrestler. Absolutely not. I like to see him get on a roll, but again, they got so many wrestlers well, that need to get on a roll. So it's
0: the same thing with Takeshta. Like everybody's excited about Takeshta, but like I mean, and, and he finally, I think, has his first big angle where yeah. he kind of aligned with the elite last night on, on Dynamite. But, I mean, the dude got signed, and it seemed like he was losing every single match that he was going out there for before he became All Elite.
2: Yeah, Commander, I feel like he's in that boat. You throw him in that ladder match. You throw him against Vakingo. You throw him against Jay White. Like, he did these big matches, but let's see some wins here and there.
1: You could do that once, by the way, with Takeshita. It's like, oh, you know what? He's having bangers, but he's losing. But you're going to do this now with another wrestler? Now it becomes old. Right. So I just, I just yeah. that means that you're just picking and choosing, but that's again limited TV time. You know, someone can go and then you give them the opportunity and they lose. So I'm sure he'll get on the roll at some point. He's got to do more than just walk the ropes, though. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, Especially I know that's the last thing, thing
2: when he slips a little bit and can't
0: quite walk the
2: ropes.
1: Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> What's up
0: with the move where he's like holding, like he's basically being held yeah. there, and he's like bouncing from rope to rope, but like. Why? Why wouldn't Jay White just, you know, pull his hand down? It's still supposed to be a match. I want. I. I can suspend disbelief to a certain point, yes. but him just like jumping up and from middle rope to top rope again and again, and when Jay White could just easily like, no, I'm gonna pull you down here.
2: He was being hypnotized. To
0: me, there's, there's a yes. I know. I heard that. Yes. Hey, <laughs> tip of the cap. Come on, Gabe, <laughs> I heard that in the commentary. You know what? You know what? It was explained away. It was explained away yes. by Excalibur. I apologize. My bad Excalibur.
1: Yeah, he's hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> really? Is that what's happening? I mean, I know one thing. Samoa Joe would have just walked away. Just like, yes. no what? I'm just going to push you. I'm going to walk. We yeah. would have done.
2: Uh, Dax Harwood announced this week that his FDR podcast. Well, it's done. That final episode this past week. Since the podcast hasn't been what he wanted it to be, he did say there was no pressure from Tony Khan to end it.
0: Um, I, I just don't know what stories he has left to tell. He was putting together like two and a half hour pods and like ev- just literally putting everything out there. I, I just – I don't know what he was expecting out of it. But, but he then he was some upset great... when
2: he's putting stuff out there and people are turning it into stories. Like, no, yeah. I, I didn't mean it like
0: that. Like, what? Yeah, I – I'm not quite, hey, I enjoyed the podcast, got a lot of really good insight to Dax, but you you had to sift through a lot of it because there were some long, long podcasts. And look, that takes a lot of time to be able to put all that stuff together. He put together the tournament, the tag, you know, the tag (laughs) tournament that he did. That takes a lot of effort. Like, you're AEW tag team champions now. You probably got bigger fish to fry.
1: Well, who's going to blame Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer for what happened in Chicago now? If he doesn't have his podcast is on, because that's what it was there for, just bitch about wrestling media. So now what? Who's gonna bl- who, who gets the blame now? If is not gonna do it, someone's got to do it. What happened there?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure
1: Jericho will take a shot. <laughs> He's a class individual. Just ask him. He's a class individual. No, I just you know, um, I've heard just the clips. But everything that Dak says is newsworthy. So he probably thinks, yeah. okay, if Punk's coming back, I need to shut up for a while. And not talk about <laughs> what's going on, on the inside. It's why Moxley was had to be begged to do his wife's podcast because he's, he didn't want to talk about it. And you saw what he did. He kind of took a crap on Punk in, indirectly. So, I mean, I think that's pretty smart. Look, yeah. I got we're trying to get Punk back. I'm just going to stop talking because I'll say something.
2: Good move. Yeah. And finally, news and notes, Big E provided a health update to Battleground Podcast. He says he's still waiting on the results of his one-year scan, and he'll talk to doctors then about if he can wrestle again. He does say he feels great, and he right now can live a normal life.
0: That's great. Um, if he can come back to wrestling and do it safely, I would welcome it. I think pro- the professional wrestling world is certainly better with Big E as a part of it. and Even if he can find some sort of commentating role, like the, the dude's just got a passion and – He is such a big reason why his energy and his enthusiasm was such a big reason the new day has been what it's been and not to take anything away from Kofi and Xavier, because all three of them together make magic. But when you hear the, Oh, Milwaukee, you know, when, when he gets into it and he does the live intro, like everybody absolutely loves it. If he could find a commentary role or just sign something in the pro wrestling space, pro wrestling would be better for it if he doesn't want to do it that's great i'm I'm happy that he can live a normal life after suffering the type of injury he did
1: i'm hoping that he can come back for one more match against ridge holland and then he can break ridge holland's neck <laughs> <laughs> that's what i want there and then he, can, then, then he can retire then he can do the commentary gig but i just want him to have his one last match against ridge holland break ridge's neck so long everybody that's what i want I mean, uh, unnecessary move when you think about it, right? Yeah. Two two meaty men slapping meat and and an overhead suplex um, almost damn near ends a career of Big E. It's something that shouldn't happen. Don't need that. Nope. Not from those two.
0: And, hey, and by the way, Big E being classy and sticking up for Ridge Holland in that, again, it just tells you more about Big E because there's a lot of people that are bitter about when something like that happens, i.e. heart comma brettes. And Goldberg. Some people hold on to some stuff. I'm just saying. Some people hold on to stuff and make sure you never forget something. Big E just decided to be classy about it be like, hey, don't blame him. These types of things happen. I
2: think I've heard Brett mention a thing or two about that.
1: Maybe a timer. <laughs> maybe a timer 100,000. There's a, promo, there's a Wait, promo. did Brett talk today? Yeah. Oh, he's definitely going to say something. Bill Goldberg. He'll say something. He was in a promo situation in WCW, and it was about Goldberg. And he said, all right, Brett, let's talk about Goldberg here. You do a 30-second promo. Okay, got it. Well, let me tell you something, Bill Goldberg. Cut, cut. Brett, is, we're going by Goldberg. Okay, got it. Three, two, go. Bill Goldberg. He just, <laughs> he just kept doing it. It's like,
0: everything. <laughs> so,
1: still so, no. Still so WCW, today he does that. So WCW said, okay, we're gonna go with this promo. We're you just gonna you just said sister calling him Bill Goldberg, so go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh could you please um, tell us Gabe, do, about so, your special event? Could you tell us about it?
0: Oh yes. Yeah, thank you. So uh, next week, um, next week, Thursday, I'm going to be playing 100 holes for the Mac Fund, which uh, here in the Midwest, it stands for Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. It's been It's an organization that's been around for 46 years. This is the sixth year they've done their ringer event, which is 100 holes of golf. So I've been fundraising. Uh, this is my fifth year being involved, doing some fundraising around it. And I I am not much of a runner. Uh, but on the, the radio show I do here on ESPN Milwaukee, I had once mentioned that there's not enough money in the world to make me run a half marathon. Because my co-host, Jen Latta, maybe you've uh, seen her on ESPN's College Game Day, uh, she's, she runs half marathons. Like, she's training for a triathlon this year. She's, she's just that type of an athlete. And that got her thinking. So we've combined, if I raise $13,100 for the MAC Fund, uh, I will run a half marathon this summer. So uh, I've been playing a hundred holes. Maybe if we get there, we'll get to i I'll run a half marathon. And additionally, um, a friend of mine who runs the paintings for pediatrics, um, uh, up here in in, in the Milwaukee area, uh, another great charity. Uh, They have pledged $4,000. They are matching $4,000 until Saturday morning. So if anybody who donates by texting CARES, C-A-R-E-S to 800-990-3776, you'll get a link sent directly to your phone where you can donate on my page. Or if you just go to at GNitzel16 on Twitter, you can see that if you're watching us, our our Twitter handles are right underneath the GKW logos. Uh, But if you just go to at GNitzel16 on Twitter, it's my top pay, uh, my top tweet that's pinned you'll be able to find the uh, the, the link to the donation page there as well awesome so, just try to do, do my part in the fight against childhood cancer uh, because one of the things that once you get involved with charities like this, with all the money that's raised um, to, to fund cancer research, only 4% of that goes towards pediatric cancer. So, that's why what I believe the MAC Fund does is so important.
1: It's a great cause, and we're glad that you're able to talk about it. I know I saw you on uh, several, no, actually all the shows on uh, ESP Milwaukee. <laughs> yep. Uh, even the public file programming on a Sunday morning.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and and, uh, show, so, yeah.
1: There, yeah, yeah, so we thought that you would uh, you give your thoughts here. So again, uh, at G Nightsil16, check out Gabe's Twitter uh, for the donation link. Uh,
0: and with that being said, again, thank you to everybody who can donate. Thank you to everybody who has donated already. It's uh, to me again a very, very, very worthy cause. Uh, so from news and notes, we go to our match of the week, guys. What you
1: have? Well, I really, really liked Monday Night Raw. Hmm. I thought it was a fantastic show, as a matter of fact, and, and so we asked the, the musical question: Whose show was it, Vince or Triple H's? <laughs> that was a Triple H show, brother. Yeah, it
0: feels Oh like yeah. It.
1: Oh, without a doubt, hundred percent a Triple
0: H show. Um, I, I am I allowed to say that Seth Rollins versus The Miz was a really? Can I say that out loud in twenty twenty three That Seth Rollins and The Miz put on a banger on Monday Night Raw.
1: It is on my list. Austin Theory against Lashley and Miz and Seth Rollins were my two favorite shows of the uh, matches of the week. I, here's, how, here's how you could tell, bro. It's it it, it came across as house show matches. There they were sweat. They were they were going at it. Like, they were they were working hard. The rest of the men and women had their working shoes on Monday night. I'm like, am I in a house show in Little Rock? Like like this is outstanding. Well,
0: and- and it had something for everyone because they teased an intergender match for Rowitz because Solo and Rhea couldn't stop staring at each other. And that's,
2: that Rhea clothesline on KO, top notch. Hell of a yes, sell job there by KO. <laughs> yes,
1: it was. That was, a hell here, of a, that was a great Raw. I thought it was yeah. very, very well done.
2: So to your point, J-Hood, like, the match I have is a different match from Raw. I have Solo and Rey. Like I really enjoyed that match. I think it really – Solo is sort of taking that next step. I'm curious to see what it is. But that was a really good, fun match between those two.
0: Yeah. And you didn't expect it coming. Like, right. all of a sudden, like, they're, they're just in it after they do the um, the Judgment Day and Bloodline stuff at the beginning of the show. Next thing you know, oh, here comes Rey Mysterio, and he's wrestling Solo Sokoa. Okay, why not? Yeah, I'll watch this. Brother. And Rey, I mean, Rey's just doing the, – the run that Rey Mysterio has been on – Really, I would say this month, I mean, it's been so enjoyable to see him have everything he's had with Dominic and, and have the string of matches that he's had as he gets closer to 50. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. Okay. If you happen to miss it, wherever you get your podcasts, um, you can you can find that interview uh, with GKW. But he has been on a quite a run for a 48-year-old.
2: I didn't catch it live, but I saw it on Twitter. You can sort of hear Solo when he goes for the pin to win it, thanking Ray for the match. So the respect is definitely there.
1: I love that. I love that. I I thought that they had. It's again. It's very rare for me to say that or any of us say that, but I thought that Raw, for the most part, was a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm giving. I'm gonna give my first of all the Miz and uh, the Miz and Seth Rollins. The reason why that was probably the best match of the week is because Miz did some things we don't normally see. It wasn't just the five moves of yeah. Doom. He actually was mm-hmm. doing some stuff. I'm like. Well, that guy's working hard to make. Like, is Miz coming? Is he getting over? Is he going to win this? When that that comes <laughs> to your mind, you're like, hmm. Like, so I thought that was. I'm sure they have wrestled a thousand times on the yeah. road, but it was. But Miz was a little different here. I thought I was impressed in then Austin Theory and Lashley. Maybe I didn't like the the finish with Bronson Reed coming in, but I did like Austin Theory. He was in toe to toe with Lashley and was believable. I liked it.
0: I I and I was I was an idiot. I should have seen the the Bronson Reed interference coming in because I'm I'm watching this and I was intrigued by it. And then my mind starts to wonder, much like yours did. Like, man, is the Miz actually going to win this? I'm th- sitting there thinking, like, wait, what happens if Bobby Lashley loses this? Like, what happens if Theory actually pins him? And then you had the interference, so I didn't have to worry about that. But it was yes, you, you can find yourself kind of getting lost in a couple of the matches they had on Monday Night Raw. In
1: AEW, Lashley would have lost because it would have been a clean, clean <laughs> pinfall. It would, would have been no interference. That would have been a clean pinfall for Austin Theory. And then what? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> So there's that. So yeah, I enjoyed it. <sighs>
0: If you are somebody who enjoys listening to just the podcast, well, you can always check us out in video. You can come and subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash at good karma wrestling. So make sure you check that out. Or if you check us out on all the different social media feeds when we do this live each and every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. But again, or maybe you missed it. You can always listen wherever you get your podcasts as well we're on we continue to build the four pillars tournament is live hopefully next week it's better i don't think it will be but hopefully it is but monday night raw we've been getting good raws we'll see if that build continues with backlash right around the corner as well but the one thing you know for sure we're going to talk about it all right here on GK.